How's it going, Lee? Hello, Gabriel. Hello, Lee. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Ah, uh, you know, hanging in there. So right, you were uh, you were telling me that you've uh, ventured into King James version. Yeah, um, it's because there is some interesting things about the KJV that. Well, I guess it says that other other uh, Bible versions translations don't really hit on. They don't hit home the same. Um, and and what is the King James version? Like, what's the background to that? Well, in the versions in the in, gen, in general. Well, many a man has uh, spoken about this, covered this, but uh, essentially, the man who was known as King James from England, he had his, I guess, of his time, of his day, scholars put together this book, you know, based off of different translations, languages, and Hebrew, Aramaic, Greek. Um, he went directly to the source material, as it were, and he had his scholars um, essentially study and, and rigorously put together this book. Um, it's about 400 years old. It was the first uh, English translation. What else? Um, and I've, I'm going to botch the name if I can even remember it. No, I can't even remember the name. There was one of the one of the scholars that he he had assigned to. This is something that Chuck Smith covered and others. I believe. I believe McGee covered it too. Anyway, one of the one of the men that translated the books, who was actually fluent in like over 20, 30 lang 20 or thirty languages, I believe at the time. Like he was deemed as a child prodigy when he was like six or seven. And, and so like people like McGee or Chuck Smith, they, they kind of, they attribute that young man or that man as almost like appointed to carry on this task. Pretty interesting stuff. Once you really like, look into it, you know, and do your homework and, um, you know, put it in its, in its proper, its proper context. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's been, I'm not, I'm not gonna say disputes, but there's been like some pretty interesting, like input or what have you on, on, on this, on the message, like for example, like the Message Bible is one translation. Like, there's been some pretty heavily like contested viewpoints about like that's not scripture and that's not you know accurate. And people getting really upset for, you know how it is. People get upset for a lot of things. For <laughs> and everything. And yeah, and sometimes like it's kind of silly. But uh, anyways. Um, you know, one like one of the things that that uh, that we've learned in Bible study, uh, for example, when it's talking about divorce, and this is something that like 
again, I know one of those things that gets contested because, well, you know, the Bible says this and this is what it means. And, you know, that's not what the Bible means. The Bible means this. How dare you? <laughs> uh, it's talking about divorce. And I believe, let's see if I can go to it real quick. Okay, so Matthew chapter 5, and actually, let me read it in a different version first. Which one do you want, Gabriel? I'll let you pick. As though I have all of them, like, right? Hey, actually, you know what? I do have all of them. I have them, ha I have them in my handy app. Let's go NASB. NASB, all right. Uh, let's see here. This is something that I learned from Brotherly Sale. Uh, back in the day, as far as covering divorce or marriage, what have you. And so in Matthew 5, verse 31, it says, this is NASB. It was said, whoever sends his wife away, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except for the reason of unchastity, makes her commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. So that's, uh, that's NASB, the ESV. It says, it was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you, this is Jesus talking, by the way. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immor immorality, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. So mm. that's, that's essentially the tone that... Um, most, I think I've only seen like another version that says it differently. That most of the translate, most of these translations, that's what they're carrying out. So, in essence, um, infidelity between between um, a spouse as a as a justifiable justifiable grounds for for divorce. Yeah, yeah, because in, so, in King James it says saving for the cause of fornication. Right. So I remember when we were studying this, you know, I, I raised my hand real quick and I'm like, well, how is that even possible if you're married to commit fornication? That's not that's not the correct application of what an inf you know, what partaking in infidelity would mean for somebody who's already married. Mm. The term isn't fornication, it's adultery. Right. Right. So that's when, you know, Brother Lee Sales teaching about the historical context, the the cultural context of the Jewish law and what it entails and how the the, the engagement period of a couple oh. you know, that was betrothed or engaged to be married uh, from the legal standpoint, the couple was already married in the eyes of the Jewish law. As far as like, you know, as far as, you know, how we can relate to that today or, or apply it today would be like um, something like, you know, marriage certificate, last name, uh, 
anything anything pertaining to you know like state laws what have you um tax laws like that was all part of like the understanding within within the jewish law so you you had these rights like as a married couple except because it wasn't officially uh, like ceremony like ceremonially it wasn't official like in other words like the exchanging of the vows and an actual marriage ceremony uh the supper what have you you know for, for in order for the marriage to be consummated that was the only thing holding the like the, the legality of it back am i am i still am i still yeah, with yeah. you here i'm with you <laughs> but yeah it's so so when it's when he's talking about when he's talking about except for the cause of fornication so the best example that we have of something taking place like that in the bible would be his own parents so remember how it talks about joseph how he wanted to put mary away quietly he wanted to spare her the shame the embarrassment everything that it entailed when you were betrothed or when you were engaged. And like in that example, right, the bride became pregnant and in Joseph's mind, he's like, that's not, you know, that's not my baby mama. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Essentially he legally speaking, because in this case it would have been viewed as fornication. Then he could Technically speaking, that was the that was a correct or an applicable or appropriate form of divorce, so to speak. It was within you know within that space within that time frame. So yeah, that's something. Again, it's a little detail that is captured within the King James version. Like I said, I know there's one other one I just can't remember right now that captures it that way where. All the rest, uh, they kind of give you a pass on divorce. So it, then you know, yeah. Hmm. So just just stuff like that that happens, and then I know there's plenty of, of other examples out there that you know you can read it in one version, and then you're like, wait a minute, what does that really mean? Let me look into this a little bit more, and then it, it you know, it, it it has a different connotation elsewhere. So, um, so then, I mean, if we think about the vers the versions of, of the Bible, then, like, is there, if you could say it this way, like a more correct version or versions? Well, I know that, um, I forget the name of the group that scales them, but there are, what they are, what there are, what they're, what they call word for word translation. Like, it's a very literal, it's like a very literal translation of, of what the original text said. In the meaning versus the others there's other versions that instead of the word for word they're, they're translating like the theme or the idea or the message behind behind the text behind the scripture what are the versions that you prefer uh growing up it was always king james or new king james and then right around like high school i remember the church my church that I was, the church that I was, uh, I can't even speak. The church that I was attending at the time had bought everybody the NIV, the New International Version, because it mm. was 
you know, the more modern um, more hip. text. Yeah. And so I read that one. That one's a little bit more like, you know, thought for thought as it, as they, as they describe them, not word for word, like thought for thought. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it's usually good to, to, you know, when something doesn't make sense or when something doesn't totally um, come together, you know, as far as reading, then it's always good to have other translations or even a concordance. It's a kind of a big deal. Um, I know like Chuck Smith, he recommends, I believe it's called Haley's Bible Pocket Book. It's not really pocket size. I think you just call it that, or maybe at one point it was. But it's a really good resource. It's like an encyclopedia of, of uh, the Bible. And then there's another one. Uh, there's a concordance. And it, what, it, what that does is like it has a breakdown of a word. And what's really cool is that it, it'll source or it'll hyperlink, as Peterson would say, that one word and the meaning or the, the usage of the word in, the, in that text. And then it hyperlinks it with other words in the Greek or the Hebrew or Aramaic. And then that will connect it to other passages, other scripture that were, you know, in context where it's used the same way. Mm, okay. pretty, pretty interesting. I mean, you know, once you really want to get into the Bible and study, study what's, what it's, uh, what it's saying. What? Yeah. Yeah. Which is like that concordance you were talking about. Yeah. I mean, it's, like I said, it's really, it's really helpful just to, to, it's almost like a, it's almost like a, what do they call them for video games? Like a, like cheat codes for video games. It's like, you know, cause you're, you're, you're literally like tapping into those hype, these hyperlinks that, that somebody like Peterson was talking about. It's like when you, um, you need to get to like the next level, you need the map. Yeah, because I mean, like some Bibles, you know, if you have a study Bible, it will have like the bottom or or on the on the uh, not the spine. What's called? What's the inside called? It's not the spine. I'm a, the middle part of the book uh-huh. <laughs> between the pages. What's that called? I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, so they'll be they'll 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 the reverent the reverence the reference. Uh, some of the passages, some of the verses, like you've seen it. Like I know, um, I think NASB does that, right? It'll, it'll have like a, a reference, like a letter reference to a verse, and then it'll it'll apply like the meaning or like a, the measurement. Um, mm, yes, it'll like tra- or it'll, it'll like translate. Like, like on mine, it has on the bottom. It says literally the Sanhedrin, um, literally quadrant quadrants. That's I guess it's like a Roman term, Greek or a Latin term, equaling two miles. And it goes into specifics of how it was used and what have you. Anyway, interesting stuff for um, them Christians, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, I think, see, I think that's where, like, <laughs> I think that's where, like, people get to the, 
confusion, right? Where it's like, well, what do I read? And like, not, you know, someone's trying to like start reading the Bible. It's like, which version and why and how? And it, it can be, I think, you know, kind of speaking from personal experience, like it can be very daunting of a task to even get into it. Because No, no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking like practically, you know, it's like easier said than done, right? Yeah, you gotta uh, you gotta start somewhere and it's like you don't you know, know what, what things mean. Yeah, honestly, like well that's the thing too, right? Like honestly, I don't I don't think we were meant to read the Bible on our own. Mm, okay. Because again, if you're looking at it from the historical perspective. Like, they didn't have these books, like, on paper, on written, you know. They had them on scrolls, you know. They had them written down on, on what is it, papyrus? Is that, is that what they would write them on? You know what I mean? They had it written down, but it was, like... It's not accessible to everybody. It was very, yeah, it was very expensive. It was a very expensive process. Not everybody was learned that way. Not everybody was fluent or, or, or uh, uh, literate. You know, not everybody could read and write. That was for you know the smart people and the rich people, the scholarly people. You know, who dedicated their lives day in and day out to studying the word. And so, a lot of people, or I should say, the 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 way our our cultures worked back then. You know, it was a more it was an oral tradition, and so when people would read the or read or recite, you know, scripture, people could recite like whole books of the Bible. You know, when they're doing a story or when they're doing a Bible study or what have you, and that people would openly correct them if they got the like this verse wrong, you know, or they misinterpreted or they they uh, misquoted or or what have you like that that was just normal like everybody knew like you know everybody had their strengths so to speak like you know some people might have known the the first five books of moses other people had you know numbers leviticus deuteronomy down it's other you know the, the, the prophets some people had proverbs and psalm psalms down like Pretty interesting stuff when you really think about it. I mean, it just kind of kind of tells you how, huh? like, all the garbage that we have stored in our brains now, nowadays. Uh, I was gonna say, like, even when it comes to, like numbers, you know, we used to remember like twelve phone num- phone numbers, and now it's like you, you can barely, barely remember, remember your, your own phone yeah. number. Yeah, let alone a whole book in the Bible. Yeah, I mean, we've come a long way. I think it's it's interesting because it's uh, it, you know uh, oral tradition, but presumably like they were able to live that out, you know, in their everyday life because right they had that those stories. It, it was like embedded in the culture, right? So it was yeah. the day to day. It wasn't necessarily like. A, a, a big influence of the secular world like there was a culture around this these teachings and the stories well i mean it was very personal mm-hmm. 
you know, like some people have described when Jesus is, is preaching and he's teaching how when he's using the metaphor of I am the good shepherd, more than likely there was, there was probably a shepherd in the background working, you know, or talking about, talking about a, a the sower, talking about the, you know, more specifically with the disciples, the, those that were fishermen, like when he's using these, these metaphors, like that was part, like you said, that was part of their everyday life. And so these messages are pretty, they're pretty personal, you know? And I think today it's really hard. It is really hard to like grasp at certain things, which is understandable because I mean, a lot of this stuff is happening, you know, 2000 plus years, you know, back in time. So I mean, to really get it, to get it down or get the meaning down and what have you, like I said, like it's really, this is really difficult. These are really, some of these things are really difficult to understand like as a group, you know, together. That's why you have Bible study. That's why you have Sunday school. That's why you listen to, you know, like, like me and Gabriel do, we listen to these dead preachers, <laughs> the dead teachers who, you know, they spent 40 years, 50 years of their lives studying the, the word of God and, it's like, well, yeah, it's like, this is really hard to put together. And I, I guess my recommendation for anybody that's starting to read or starting, you know, wanting to venture into studying or, you know, doing their own research, I, I'd say just start, you know, wherever you can. And whatever translation speaks to you or it's easiest for you to, tra- to, to translate, to, <laughs> to read and to understand, like, that's, that's a good start. And um, this is something I recommend everybody do, but you don't have to, but it's something that I know Gabriel, I've shared with Gabriel and I do it myself is that when you're reading along, you know, you're, you're, you're also tapping into, like I said, these resources of preachers, teachers that have studied, have taught, or have preached on, on these, these verses that you're reading, you know, just to have a different different perspective or different insight, different input into what's going on, you know? Yeah. Especially the cultural implications, like you were mentioning with, with fornication and, and what that meant for um, Mary and Joseph. And, you know, it's like these things are very yeah. personal, like you're saying, and even when it comes to like, you know, raising cattle and, and farming, like that's, not something that most people do now most people were doing that back right so we don't know yeah we don't know what it's like to have to kill a chicken for dinner right (laughs) so it's hard for us to know like the connection of you know wheat you know separating the wheat from the chaff and you know fishermen and the, the shepherd and there's just so much that we're disconnected from which sad yeah, and, and to to Pastor Lisel's credit, you know, to his how he understands scripture, how he how he views it, how he uh, has reverence for it, you know, he's gonna say somebody like him's gonna say, you know, because he studied history and what have you, the Bible so much, he's gonna say if you have a, a general 
interests or knowledge in history, it's going to be a lot easier for you to read the Bible. You know, if you, at the very least, like if you have a respect for, for history, you, you can, you know, see the, the, the value, the intricacies, what have you of, you know, why did they do things like this? You know, 2000, 3000 years ago, what was, what was so different about the Israelites compared to everyone else that was around them at the time? You know, that's going to go a long way. That's going to go a long way in, in understanding the role that the people of God played, the Israelites and, and God's covenant and why he, you know, why he said this towards them or to them and why he wasn't telling anyone else at the time. And then why, you know, why did Jesus come into the picture? You know, and how does, how does Jesus relate to the rest of the world? You know, so there's these little, you know, little details that the grand scheme of things, once you see the, 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 the big picture, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's pretty amazing. You know, it's pretty amazing how in history, how everything came together for the life of Jesus, for the context, the, even the government time, like how that all came together with language, with Greek, you know, with the Greeks and Rome and how, you know, all roads lead to Rome and how that played a huge part in the church, you know, spreading spreading like wildfire and getting the message across and how like that wasn't really possible before that, before that era, there wasn't a universal language. There wasn't, you know, this, this system, this transportation system of, of roads that, you know, cross through continent countries and continents, you know, for news to spread and, and commerce and what have you. So so very, very interesting, at least for me. Um, hopefully that'll encourage, you know, those that are seeking to read, read the scriptures for, how do you call it? Another thing I was going to add to that about reading. Oh, no, yeah, just that uh, I'm all being nonchalant about it, but <laughs> no, just that... Um, when, you, when we were talking about the oral tradition of ancient, of the ancient world, ancient cultures, how like it was all very personal, you know. Like I said, like some some people might have connected a little bit more with Genesis, while others might have connected a little bit more with Psalms or Proverbs, and how like that was because it's understandable why that would be mutually edifying at the time. And it's in, you know, it's in that frame of mind that, you know, when Jesus comes into the picture that he, you know, he's making these personal connections with people when he's, when he's uh, reciting scripture, you know, he's reciting the law or, or Proverbs or Psalms or, you know, any other book, you know, he's, he's making these personal connections with some people that, that needed to hear that at the time. And you know, when we have that same approach or reverence for scripture, then he's doing the same thing with us today. He's doing the same thing where, you know, it's like you can read a portion of scripture 
you know, and depending on what you're going through in life or what season you're in, you know, there, there's going to there's be certain verses that just speak more to you than, than they normally would. You know, that, that definitely, that's definitely part of, part of the uh, experience, I would say. Yeah, there's definitely like a, a personal connection to some stories. And then you also have like the larger, you know, cultural implications of the stories. And there's that interaction of, of you with culture, right? In the same way that happens in the Bible with different, um, like the stories are talking about specific people and how they manage through you know, sin or a situation where they're sold into slavery or, you know, you have all your possessions taken and, you you know, so on and so forth. So you have, like, that personal story that connects to, like, the larger cultural historical story, you know, implications of it. And it's, it's a way for us to see, you know, ourselves because obviously, right, you know, human nature and our interactions with God or lack thereof. And so you can see that all playing out. And I think it's funny how people have criticisms about what's in the Bible, right? About like slavery or or um, just different things, right? About what it says of, of, of like different instances, right? There's always these criticisms and it's like, does the Bible condone slavery or, you know, you go down the line of criticisms and, and for whatever reason, they seem to forget, like we live in, you know, humans aren't perfect and they are conducting themselves in ways that are harmful to others. And it's like, I don't understand how that, how that wouldn't make you think like, okay, well, this actually touches on these difficult topics. I guess not shying away from. So if you read and try to dissect and understand like what this means, then maybe it'll give you a better perspective on what's actually happening. Well, what's happening now in your life. And I feel like people tend to like read in like their emotions or thoughts or opinions into it versus like the reverse, you know, having scripture influence those thoughts and emotions and opinions right i mean that's what i yeah that's what i mean by it being it being personal mm -hmm. you know like where it's we're describing the, the word as a double-edged sword and how like a double-edged sword is going to cut through mostly everything mm-hmm so in terms of like the word and the word being effective, you know, towards us, towards our hearts, towards our minds, towards all these different things that make us, us, you know, it's going to make sense. Um, you know, when, when we have that perspective, right. Remember the other day we were talking about how, was it you that I was talking, talking, talking with about the idea that I want all the read it but i don't want any of the blame mm, no no i forget who i was talking to okay so 
it kind of goes into um yeah like it's interesting how that's going to be self-applied to something like life and and how some people have like we remember we were talking about stephen fry yes yeah now stephen fry's opinion was like when i get if if there's a heaven if there's a god i'm gonna go up to him and i'm gonna complain to him why he made you know why did he allow suffering why what what does he get out of causing this kind of pain and turmoil for people that you know have their their eyes eaten now by flies in Africa or like bone cancer. I don't know. I forget what, what other, what other examples he used, but uh, it's kind of like you're saying, it's kind of interesting how like there's some people that only want to take the good, the good aspects of life, the positivity blessings. And there's other people that only look at the negative. They only look at suffering. They only look at pain. And how, like, we want to think that these two aspects, these two ideas are as though they're not connected in any way, you know, or, or as if, like, you can only look at one and not the other, you know, instead of, how do you call it? That's what I mean by all the, we want all the credit, but not, not with zero blame is that we we don't want to focus on our own responsibility. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want the forgiveness part of, of my walk, my journey. Of my, you know, I want the forgiveness part of my sins. But the repentance part is kind of the hard part. It's kind of the weird part that I'm having issues with. And does it really mean that? You know, when the Bible says, you know, to, you know, to divorce your wife or to give her a, a certificate of divorce, you know, is it really talking about people that are engaged in, you know, fornication takes place? Or is it, you know, how I think it should mean or how I want it to mean in terms of just a general statement about sexual immorality? To make me feel better. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that's an that's an easy answer, and like, right. that's a total like hundred percent black and white situation. And I'm not, I don't want to say that either, because um, Paul obviously goes into other aspects of marriage and scenarios, and it's like, you know, if you are, you know, an abusive relationship, you should probably get out of it. You know, if your life is in danger, if you know your life is being taken advantage of and, and you know, your, your own health is being put at risk, then you should probably do the, do the wise thing and, and, you know, separate yourself from that situation until, you know, something else can be sorted out or figured out. But, um, you know what I mean? Like, there's just a lot that like, you know, talking about, again, talking about the Bible being personal, you know, because then I, I do think that's going to happen sometimes too, where where God's leading you in a certain direction and it doesn't make any sense. And perhaps there isn't any scripture there specifically to, to back up your situation or back up your thoughts or what have you. And 
that's where the whole, I mean, that's for me, you know, whenever we read the, the scripture, that's when the Holy Spirit is able to work in us and through us. And, and, you know, like it says that he will bring you into all truth. That's another aspect I'm talking about. I know we're talking about Bible studies in general, but that's another aspect that we don't always look for or apply in terms of reading scripture, understanding scripture, memorizing scripture is that the Holy Spirit is also a component in all this. You know, without the Holy Spirit, the, the text on, the, on, on these pages, you know, it's not going to come to life. You know, that's another, that's another aspect to think about. Yeah, actually, um, venture into on Sunday. I think, yeah, it was Sunday. LSL was making the point that in the apostolic church, um, during some part of the service, there was an expectation that the Holy Spirit would show up and, and mm. like take over essentially. Right. Mm. And then he brought that up because like you're saying in Bible study, like you're having discussion, there should be an expectation that the Holy Spirit should be showing up and like leading that discussion. And then we yeah. listening, we are listening and being obedient to what we hear and then allowing us, allowing that Holy Spirit to work, you know, through us to say what the Holy Spirit wants to say. And I think that's, right. that's like the, the key component, right, is, is being aware of that and trying to be in tune with that. And that's usually where, like, the magic happens, right? If you want to say it that way, that things start to connect and someone says something that you're like, oh, okay, like, that's, that's really hitting a nerve for me or it's answering a question that I was, you know, had a que- uh, answering you know, a question I had and, like, or as Andy Sale would say, or, you know, other people have said, like, you know, I had verses in the back burner. I just didn't quite grasp it. And now that you've mentioned whatever it is that you've mentioned, now it's starting to clarify and become something they can contend with. So yeah, I think that's a, a big, big, big part of it. Yeah. And I mean, I know you, when you said apostolic, you meant you meant that of the early church, as most people would would apply it. It's meaning. Um, but have you also heard of the Azusa Street Revival? Um, I don't think I have. So it was a, or maybe I have actually. It was a church event that happened in Azusa, California, in 1906. And it was led by a preacher, minister, I believe he was from Missouri, named William Seymour. And he basically had a, a revival service there, and, and that turned into this whole like revival uh, type of service for almost 10 years, I believe. And he was preaching in English. But in spite of that, people were showing up from all tongues and nationalities and races and Chinese, you know, Mexican, what have you. And uh, there are a lot of uh, 
as, as many have claimed and have documented, a lot of miracles were taking place at the time. And even the, um, like at one point, the, the, the two back rows, the two back benches of the church were filled with, with like canes and with like, you know, there's just evidence of people that, you know, that couldn't walk, they could barely walk or what have you, crutches that those two, those two last rows or pews were filled up with, with all this different uh, equipment from people that had, that were, were, you know, healed and they had come to faith. And so it's interesting, right? And you're talking about like the movement of the Holy Spirit and how, you know, at the time it's like, that's really fascinating. You know, how is it that somebody that doesn't speak English can go to a service with a predominantly English speaking, you know, congregation or, or minister and they're somehow still able to, to participate and, you know, it's crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. It's, wow. it's something that, yeah, it's something that um, it's kind of just, it's kind of just another, another claim or another, uh, so just another aspect of the Holy Spirit and how like, the language barriers that I mean it does it just knows no bounds it's going to do what it's going to do it's going to do the work that you know that needs to get done for the the time for the, for the context for the place the setting you know he's going to do a work no matter what actually um it happened recently like uh two weeks ago at work um i was like we had a meeting friday and we're gonna essentially discuss what we do to a new partner and thursday or you know a little bit during the week i was preparing and then thursday i was going through my notes and was like essentially you know gonna go from top to bottom of the page hit you know x y and z points and go through that while we're in the meeting so you know, all my coworkers go and then I'm last. And so I'm like trying to lead out, you know, I kind of lead or I let kind of like the notes lead. And then at some point, like, I'm just like talking, I'm not looking down, I'm not paying attention to my notes. And then like, I'm going through and then I get to a point where I'm like, oh, like I got, I'm going to talk about this now. So then I bring up, you know, this specific point of like bell rings and, and then the you know the woman that we're talking with she's like tearing up and she's she was shared with us that like her sister i think either beat cancer or had gone to cancer and was going to cancer um last year at some point and how like that connected with you know her person like you, you were saying like it's personal and so it's funny because like i literally had no plans no intentions of like going into that topic but you know obviously we know like the holy spirit led me to that point and so it was like this very like intimate moment where what i said connected to her and to her like life you know and it was really it was really awesome to have i feel like i was like experiencing that from both like 
person saying what was say, being said and like I felt like I was also like observing that moment you know mm-hmm. and it was just it was like wow like I wasn't expecting that you know especially like during like a work meeting but of course it happens all the time in all our interactions so right I mean it, I mean like Holy Spirit interacting with us it's pretty it's pretty amazing no yeah I I um you said I know for a fact that that happens like that happens to all of us we all have our interactions mm-hmm. and it's like you know you look back you're like I would have not known what is what if, what to have said or, or how to be prepared for that moment or that conversation and you know divine inspiration or whatever whatever we want to label it as whatever you want to call it you know the holy spirit intervened and and you were able to get through it or you were able to share what needed to be to need to be said um yeah that's definitely that's definitely an experience that that's it kind of goes into that category right of like we live we live by faith not by sight Mm. And so our, sometimes our faith carries us to moments where, you know, we're going to have this conversation with somebody. We're going to interact with, you know, like Jesus, like Jesus did, right? Like the woman at the well or, um, you know, just walk. you're like the disciples did sometimes. Like they're walking down the road and they run into someone and, and they're just having a conversation. You know, they're talking about scripture and, and it's like you just, you just really don't know. So it's, that's why it makes sense. It makes a whole lot of sense to to be, to be actively, you know, in pursuit of of, of um, God's truth and within Scripture and and how that applies to how we, you know, we treat others, we treat our neighbor. It's it's what it's like. <clears throat> it's, I think what people would say is like living in the moment, you know. I think yeah. what they're really saying is like being obedient to that to the spirit. Yeah. Because like you're saying, we don't know when we're gonna be asked to do something and have an interaction. So if we're like preoccupied with like our apps and our phone or you know, with just like our day to day, you know, our problems and very like um what is it? like self-consumed in our own life like we're not we're gonna miss those moments those chances. <laughs> remember remember we we're talking to rudy and rudy was like yeah man sometimes i wish i just had a flip phone <laughs> <laughs> but like i when he said that i was like yeah i totally get it i totally get what you're saying it would be you nice know, just to put just to put away the noise sometimes I mean, I've taken it so far as to delete all social media. Social medias? Yeah, which kind of leaves me with me like fiddling my thumb sometimes. Sorry, I didn't catch that last part. What? Oh, like I, I said that um, it leaves me with fiddling my thumb sometimes. You know, like whistling away like, oh, well, I don't know the two. So it's been a learning, a learning process, but so far it's been... Nothing but good. I would recommend it to anyone who's on the fence. 
cleanse yourself. Cleanse from the noise, from all interactions. Hello? Please? 